Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Thursday, December 28th. Grain markets are dead as a doornail this morning. It's 527 a.m. Central Time. Uh, Mackenzie, we've had some rain, some snow across the uh, United States here the last week. Let's talk about that. We sure have. So recent precipitation has helped alleviate drought in some areas of the U.S. Over the last week, large areas of the Corn Belt, U.S. Plains, Mid-South, and Southeast saw substantial rain or snow. Rainfall equivalents totaled one to two inches in many areas. Levels on the Mississippi River are projected to rise drastically over the next week. Levels at Memphis could rise six to seven feet during the next seven days. Low river levels have been a detriment to grain movement over the last several months. The drought in the United States is still very real. This is last week's drought monitor. I think there'll be a new one out um, this week. But in any case, I mean, it's still very real. Yeah, we produced some big crops last year. We were below trend in terms of yields, but we produced some big crops. This is uh, very much top of mind for a lot of farmers. I mean, you, th you think about all the things that the average row crop producer is concerned about right now. There's a lot of concerns. You've got low grain prices. You've got relatively high input costs. I know they've come down a little bit. You've got high interest rates, which I know have come down a little bit, but they're still high. And then you've got this lingering drought, uh, among other things. Th this is a concern as it relates to planting next year's crop, as it relates to marketing. Matt Bennett has told us that uh, some of the people he talked to, they're, they're hesitant to, to forward sell anything for 2024 uh, because of this drought that is lingering. So it's, it's very much a big deal. Uh, if you guys were impacted by this uh, rain or snow event and, and it was helpful to you, uh, drop us a comment in the YouTube uh, section here. I'd love to see what you guys think about the drought in general. The forecast is not great. It's just offering uh, minimal rainfall here the next seven days, and the six to 10 doesn't look any better. So there's not much behind this. Uh, the river, as you said, is going to improve, and um, you're going to be back within two and a half or three feet of normal by January 4th, if the government projections are correct, which is a big positive. This this has been a, a detriment to export sales and business, and uh, we could really use a return to normal. We need it at the Panama Canal too, but um, at the river uh, would be a start, certainly. Brazilian soybean production estimates continue to decline. Well-followed crop scout cordon, excuse me, cordonier. That is it, cordonier, pegged this year's crop at 153 million metric tons, down from his previous estimate of 155 million metric tons. His analysis noted that weather models have underperformed and that forecasted rains must be verified. USDA and CONAB will both uh, will both issue up updated estimates during the second week of January. Both entities recently estimated the crop above 160 million metric tons. No one's going to yell at you for getting that one wrong, I promise. <laughs> okay. um, we grabbed this tweet from Pro Farmer. Thanks for the info, guys. Um, so uh, Cordonier is very well respected, very well followed. If the number is in fact 153, I uh, plugged it into my combined Brazil and Argentina soybean production uh, graph that you guys can see here if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not, I'll explain it. So 153 plus 48 from Argentina. And I would almost argue that maybe Argentina could be better. They're in really good shape. You're still at a combined record. You're still at 201, uh, which is is a record combined production number uh, by a fairly wide margin. So to uh, not see a combined record, you need to see something uh, deep into the 140s from Brazil, which is still possible. Uh, it's, it's absolutely still possible. The forecast looks 
pretty good to me. This is the forecast through the 31st, so just the next uh, few days, and it's just spotty. But then it opens up after that. In the first, uh, say, 7 to 10 days of January, look pretty wet for your key uh, northern uh, areas, central areas of Brazil. So the forecast looks, I'm not going to say it's bearish because I know there's I know there are some areas that have been uh, permanently damaged this year uh, because of drought, but I think the majority can still be helped by rain and will be helped by rain. There are a lot of people who are still really friendly to the market because of the Brazil situation. They're friendly to the soybean market. I've heard things like the market's going to rally after the first of the year that the large money managers are just are just waiting. They're all going to come back from vacation. They're going to buy soybeans. I don't know if I buy that idea. I mean, maybe maybe the crop is a lot lighter than advertised, but um, the market is speaking to us and it's telling us that it's just not concerned about this situation right now. It's really not. So if you guys have not already checked out our premium content, you need to do so. Joe, can you tell me about the video you put together with uh, Matt Bennett yesterday? Matt was on yesterday. We talked about grain marketing as we do every other Wednesday, although he's been on the last two weeks. Uh, this was one of the questions. Is 530 corn the new 430 corn? And you better like damn hope it is because if it's not, you're out of luck. I mean, we've had inflation. We've had higher input costs. So is is this is 530 in 2024? Is that going to be similar to what maybe 430 was from, say, 14 through 19. This is a good uh, grain marketing conversation. If you guys want to see the premium stuff, there's a new video every single business day. Remember, this is the best way to support what we're doing here. This is independent media that we're doing. We have no sponsors. Um, the only way that we're able to wake up every morning and do this is through the premium subs. Our email goes out at 5 a.m. Central Time. That thing is jam-packed full of information every single business day. There's a new premium video every single business day. I'll sign up this morning. I'll blast you over a copy of today's email. It includes the six most recent videos. It includes includes all of our grain marketing recommendations broken down by crop, crop year percentage, weighted averages, everything we've advised in regard to cash sales. Uh, check this deal out today, guys. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else, I promise. According to regional Federal Reserve data, U.S. employers are slated to reduce hiring next year. The reduction is expected to slow wage gains and cool inflation pressures. Annual wage gains are forecast to slow to 4.3% next year, according to the Dallas Fed. The Kansas City Fed is, predict is predicting wage gains will drop to a three-year low. Next week's monthly jobs report is anticipated to show a 170,000 gain in December payrolls. However, it is expected that there will only be an average increase of 80,000 in monthly payrolls during the first three months of next year. So the job market is expected to cool. Look at this chart. Unemployment's 3.7%. There's only one way that you go from here it goes higher. It doesn't go lower from 3.7%. So to say that the labor market is going to cool at some point is not an outrageous statement. That's like, that would be par for the course. You don't get much lower than this. Could you get down to 3.4, 3.5? Yeah, sure. You're not getting much lower than that. Um, this was part of that. I think it was a Bloomberg article. And this, I believe, was from the Texas Fed. And they um, asked a bunch of companies questions. 21% of those surveyed still understaffed or looking to hire for new, for new positions, 17% understaffed looking to hire for replacement only, 13% uh, understaffed but not hiring at this time, 30% at ideal staffing levels, only 2.6% overstaffed and laying off workers. So the market the job market is still really good. I know that there are people who uh follow this sort of data 
they do the same thing that a lot of you guys do with the USDA data. Oh, this is bullshit. They're not giving us the real numbers. This is fake. The the job numbers are fake. And that may be true to some extent. I saw um who's the dirty jobs guy? Mike Rowe. You yeah. ever seen Mike Rowe? Yep. So Mike Rowe was on uh somewhere and he was talking about how there's so many millions of uh working age males from like 25 to 40 who are out of the workforce and not looking for work. And I'm sure that that's true. And, and no, it's not figured into this, but I mean, that's not going to help the people who are looking for workers if these people aren't aren't looking for jobs. So I don't know. I mean, I think generally speaking, the labor market is very, very good. U.S. bond yields tumbled on Wednesday after the Treasury Department sold $58 billion in five-year Treasury notes. The yield on the two-year Treasury note fell 4.2%. The 10-year Treasury note declined 3.8%, and the 30-year Treasury bond dropped 4%. The markets are pricing in an 86% chance that the Fed will leave rates unchanged at its January meeting. The markets are also predicting an 85% probability that the Fed will cut rates by at least 0.25% at its March meeting. By December 2024, the Fed's main rate is, is anticipated to fall to between 375 percent and four percent the fed runs the world um interest rates have have come down drastically so yield on the 10-year peak just above five percent in late october we're down to 3.8 and you look at the gains that this thing posted throughout the 2023 calendar year i mean we started off the year like in the mid threes and now we're almost back to the mid threes you've almost done like a full round trip here and this is all because of of a dovish fed essentially um it's it's pretty crazy i know a lot of you guys are probably in the process maybe you've, you've locked up your operating line for 24, maybe you haven't, but this should be helpful to you guys. Uh, higher interest rates have definitely been an issue for farmers and uh, they're they're coming down. I don't know if they, they keep coming down, but they've come down. Stocks closed higher on Wednesday as the S&P 500 inches closer to a record high. The S&P gained 0.14% yesterday to close at 4,781, just 0.5% off its record close that was set back in January of 2022. The NASDAQ also had a positive day, gaining 0.16%, and the Dow Jones rose 0.3%. The Dow is set to end the year with a 13% gain, the S&P with a 24% gain, and the NASDAQ with an impressive 44% gain. Despite the notable gains, the market could be acting with too much optimism. Some experts believe the Fed could delay cutting rate, cutting interest rates, pushing them back farther than uh, the planned March date, uh, which would have an adverse effect on the markets. Yeah, nobody knows what's going to happen with rates. I mean, the general consensus right now is that they cut and, and cut more than once, two, three, four times next year. Uh, the stock market's incredible. The S&P has been up for, what, six, seven weeks in a row. It's it's yes. pretty crazy stuff. We could very well be at all-time highs. Uh, it, it could be today, for all I know. And the Dow Jones posted all-time highs uh, like last week. So the, the market likes it. Earnings have been good, too. And, you know, the other thing is that the stock market's priced in dollars. And a lot of you guys are concerned always that your dollars are losing buying power. Um, if your dollars are losing buying power, stock market, the S&P in particular, has historically been a very, very good inflation hedge. These companies are very good at making money, and uh, inflation is long-term a positive for the stock market. What did uh, cattle do yesterday? Uh, cattle futures were mixed yesterday, not a lot of movement. Feeder cattle futures closed an average of 57 cents higher. Live cattle futures closed an average of 34 cents lower. Box beef was lower yesterday. Choice end of the day at 291.48, that was down a buck 83. Select end of the day at 260.32, that was down 87 cents.
Outside market's pretty quiet. U.S. dollar's off a little bit. Stocks are off a little bit. Bonds are off a little bit. Uh, crude oil is down 79 cents at 73.32 in the February WTI. Have a great day, guys. We'll talk to you on Friday.